0: welcome you to Winbrook, those of you that are in the house, as well as those of you that are joining us online. Uh, What a beautiful day the Lord has given us to come and worship Him. We're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus today, and we are so grateful that He lives. And that's what our worship is all about, isn't it? Exalting the name of Jesus, going to His Word, and allowing Him, giving Him the freedom to speak to our hearts and our lives uh, I'm going to share a couple of announcements and then we're going to have a time of prayer and uh, we'll invite those of you that would like to join us at the altar to come and to pray with us at the altar. We've got several things we're, we're going to be praying about today. But let me share some announcements with you. First of all, uh, Wednesday evening Bible study continues at 6 o'clock and then um, we're, we're going to resume our Wednesday night meals as of right now on September the 8th, so just a few weeks. Uh, We'll resume those. We'll give you more details. And then our quarterly conference is uh, September the 15th at 6 o'clock. Now, we've changed the location to the Gordy Conference Center. So those of you that heard Worship Center, we're moving it to the Gordy Conference Center. We've got a lot of things going on on Wednesday nights. It's going to resume, so we'll need to stay in the Gordy Conference Center for that, as well as the town hall meeting we're having the following week. So both of those will take place. On the 22nd, the town hall meeting will be to discuss a report from the Deacon Elder Study Team. And um, uh, we, we want you to be a part of that. You should have received an email. If you didn't, weren't able to uh, print out that report, we have reports uh, printed copies in the lobby. All right? Okay, so now if you want to join us by kneeling at the altar or where you are in a position, a posture of humility in your heart, that's the key And we want to pray for several people. Um, Harry Eichner is still in ICU and uh, fell. And uh, really, uh, we're just real concerned about Harry. So we're going to pray for him. Jerry and Sharon Claire both have COVID. uh, And there's other things we want to be in prayer about. So let's bow together. Father in heaven. We are so very grateful that when we come together as the bride of Jesus, the body of Christ. Those who have been chosen. We, we're, we're your people. We're the church. And you said you would build your church. And the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Thank you. Thank you Lord God. That we're part of something much bigger than ourselves. We're part of the bride. And not only the bride here uh, locally as 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 we ought to be here at Winbrook, but we're part of the big sea church the the church that follows you all across the world and really lord that that inspires our heart and encourages our heart and really burdens our heart to pray for our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan, those who have come to know you that that are Christ followers and who are going to be targeted. Many of them already have been. Some of them have been. And martyred because of their faith in you. So we pray in the name of Jesus, God, you would protect them divinely. Give them safety. Give them uh, in your providential care, Father. uh, Your protection. May their testimonies speak very loudly. May, Father, their lives. And even if it, takes place the end of their lives, will be such a testimony that others will not be able to deny the awesome power of the living God. We pray for our troops. We pray for Americans that are there in Afghanistan. Protect them, Father. Give our leaders wisdom, leaders of our country. Father, we pray that you would protect the people that are in the path of this incredible uh, uh destructive hurricane that's uh, going to make landfall today. Lord, we pray that you would, especially the first responders, those that are going to be there, those that, the others that are going to be supportive of people there, uh, helping them. So, Lord, protect all of those. And Father, we pray for Harry. We, we just love Harry. He is such a, a dear friend, and Lord, we pray for a miracle in his life. We pray for Sue, that, Lord, you would just walk with Sue, give her strength and grace. And I thank you for her testimony to the doctors. Um, in our conversation last night, she said, I, I told the doctors, Harry is not in your hands. He's in my God's hands, our Lord's hands. And our Lord can do whatever he wants. Thank you for that. Thank you for that beautiful testimony. Protect Harry. Have your hand on him, Lord. And the family. Father we lift up Jerry. And and Sharon Claire. As they battle COVID. and There's others. uh, As a matter of fact. There's several others. Not only in our church family. But people that we know. That are going through some. Not only COVID. But other challenging times right now. So we pray. You would minister to them. In this time that we have together. God that your grace. Would be exalted. Your love. Your kindness toward us. Your presence. Thank you so much. May every word. We sing, be to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: I love what Craig just said in his prayer. Even though we face so many difficulties and so many things in our life, we're part of something that's so much bigger and so much greater. And we have so many blessings that were that just showered upon us. Stand with us as we worship, as we count the blessings that we have. On life's pillows you are tempest-tossed. When you are discouraged, thinking all is lost. Count your many blessings, name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God hath done. Count your blessings. Name them one by one Count your many blessings See what God hath done Are you ever burdened With a load of care Does the cross seem heavy You are called to bear Count your many blessings Every doubt will fly And you will be singing As the days go by Count your blessings Name them i yeah. I shall bear good sign of the gate. You trust it.
0: God, we can trust Jesus. <laughs> we, are, we are living in such challenging days. And um, actually, I want to kind of pull the curtain back and give you a little insight in uh, how I operate and how the Lord speaks to me. So as you would expect, we normally would I would normally say something like this to you. Go ahead and take your Bibles and let's turn together to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, because we left off with verse 1 last Sunday. However, uh, during our staff meeting on Monday morning this last week, uh, one of our staff members made a comment, and this is the comment he said, he made, a lot of people right now feel overwhelmed, and, and that comment just hit me, and I, 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 I said, yeah, that's right, they, a lot of people do feel overwhelmed right now, and I went back to my study and began to work on 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 2, started making notes, and I kept hearing that that statement. The Holy Spirit kept reminding. And that's how, how sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks to me. I don't know how he speaks to you. But someone will say something. Or uh, there are times that, that the I will say something. And the Lord will remind me of what I've said. <laughs> and so I, um, I was in my study. And I, I kept hearing that phrase over and over and over again. Over and over again. I said, well, Lord. Now, you know, I'm... I'm preaching out of 1 Timothy. He knew that already. And I said, do you want me to change the direction of where we're going this Sunday? So that's what we're going to do. That was his affirmation in my spirit. And can I, can I just say this? One of the things that I think is the most important life lesson for us to learn, wherever we are in our journey with Christ, is to learn to be Flexible and to change your plans in accordance with His plans. So, uh, today we're going to be talking about being uh, overwhelmed, but not overcome. Because right now, a lot of people in this room have experienced emotional COVID-19 fatigue. (laughs) Some physically, but most of us especially emotionally. And the truth of the matter is, none of us have ever led or been through anything like this, unprecedented times we live in. I I would use some other adjectives like uh, strange, weird. These are just crazy, crazy times. So I'm very grateful that I can walk through this time with you as a church family. I'm grateful for the family of God that we have. I'm grateful that that together we can we can go through this and and as we meet together which we will continue to do by the grace of God i it, there's something about being with the family of God being with other believers that encourages you that that as you see them and you watch them as you hear them as you talk to them uh, god uses that whether it's in this room or outside in the hallway or in a Sunday school class god uses that is it it is in it meant to be. That's that's the body of Christ. That's that's really what the body of Christ is all about. So, uh, we we face a real challenging time. And somebody um, was saying, just watch the news. So, if you've watched the news in recent days, what you're going to hear about is we have record high cases of COVID. Uh, you hear about the gas, the DACA. Uh, border issues, the West Coast wildfires, droughts, and then hurricanes, flooding in Europe, um, looting uh, in other countries, riots, Taliban in Afghanistan, uh, ISIS-K, government distrust, by the way, has never been higher in America. Uh, Then there's the, the, the riots that we had in this country, and then the Critical race theory and vaccination versus non-vaccination. Should you wear a mask? Should you not wear a mask? All of those, uh, all, all of those are, are challenges that we faced just in the last 18 months. And so no, it's, it's no wonder people feel overwhelmed. And that, that's in addition to what we would call the normal challenges of life that all of us face whether it be health issues or financial issues or relational, family issues, or whatever, job issues. So we, um, we, can, get, we can get discouraged if we're not careful. And as a matter of fact, I, I love Charles Haddon's Virgin. I, I love to read history. I love to read about great people of God that God has used in, in wonderful ways and uh, Charles Haddon Spurgeon was certainly one of them. He was called the nineteenth-century prince of preachers. He told uh, of times when he literally, literally ca- crawled under the living room rug in quiet desperation. David was a man after God's own heart. He had he had slayed giants, and yet in time. Because of circumstances, he found himself in the cave of Adullam. It was in that cave that he wrote about the darkness of his life. It's where he wrote about many of the Psalms that we love. And and then we could go into Jeremiah and how um, overwhelmed and discouraged he was. He wanted to quit. As a matter of fact, he said, I I just closed my mouth. (laughs) But the fire of God's word burned in me, in my bones. And then you have the disciples, and remember, remember the father, His son, his, his son was, was possessed, and, and the father came and, and asked the disciples to do something, the disciples could do nothing. and then the, the, the Father said, "Can you do something?" And Jesus said, I, "I can do anything if you just believe." And what did the Father say? I feel often like that Father. "Lord, help my unbelief. I'm overwhelmed. I, I don't even know that I've got enough belief in me." So Paul is going to be the topic this morning, and I, 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 want, to, I want to try, to, best I can, and, and I've got a lot of pages here, so best I can, I want to try to talk about Paul, how things uh, kind of uh, lent themselves for Paul to be overwhelmed, and then what happened for him to overcome that overwhelming position he was in. So, here's here's the first verse that I I want you to see. is is when Paul tells us about the the time that he came to to Corinth. And and then we're reading now. And this is the message translation because I love the way it puts it. Paul said, I I felt totally inadequate when I was with you. I I was scared to death. If you want to know the truth of it. And so nothing... I said could have impressed you or anyone else. Well, there's there's really three reasons why. We know during that time that Paul was so discouraged. It was constant setbacks. He was physically exalted. There was there was overwhelming opportunities as well as opposition and expectations. So so let me quickly go through three reasons why we often feel uh overwhelmed. And and this I you are here today. You could feel overwhelmed. There's, there's nothing unspiritual or wrong about that. There, there, nothing at all. It doesn't mean you have a lack of faith. It doesn't mean you're not a mature Christian. It doesn't mean that, that you don't believe in Jesus. It just means you're overwhelmed. Huh. Apostle Paul was overwhelmed. It, it could be physical exhaustion. Now, verse 3 of chapter 18 says, because he was, he was of the same trade, in other words, tent, he was a, a tent, maker. He stayed with them and they were working For by trade. They were tent makers. You know what Paul was? Paul was a bivocational pastor. My, my heart, in my heart, I see bivocational pastors as heroes. They are, they are working usually a full-time job and then they're working a second full-time job which is called being a bivocational pastor. I, I can remember um, in my early well my first pastorate it was incredible it was it, it was the only time in my life one of the few times i won't say the only time one of the few times in my life that i I felt depressed I, I felt discouraged there were it was like Peyton's place there were a number of very complex and moral issues that had the potential for being a a real uh, explosive situation. Then the, then the church experienced tremendous growth. You say, well, praise God for that. That led to the building of a worship center, the remodeling of the old worship center that had been there for 100 years. Uh, there were young families joining the church. At the same time all of that was happening, I was going to seminary full-time. And with the, with the good and the bad and the busy burning the candle at both ends, um, I became... I, I really became overwhelmed, and the truth of the matter is, uh, almost uh, clinically depressed. But I wasn't. Now, now you know what clinical this. And by the way, this is not a message for those of you that are clinically depressed. Clinical depression is when you have a time that that is like three to six months where uh, your depression impacts your your lifestyle, your eating, your your working, your sleep, everything. So. Uh, this, this, you need to see a doctor about that. But, but here's the antidote. Here's the antidote. Get adequate rest. I, I love what Spurgeon said. He said, sometimes the most spiritual thing a person could do is sleep. I mean, some people in our, our hectic day, we, we brag on people. I, you know, I just I got four hours of sleep over the last week. Well, okay, but listen, you need to rest. You need to get your physical rest. A second, uh, second, really what was, was caused, not only was Paul just constantly working and he was physically exhausted, but, but he had constant setbacks. It, it was always one thing after another, it seemed like. When Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul began devoting himself completely to the Word, solemnly testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. And, and, and when they resisted and blasphemed he shook off his garments. Now now remember who these people are. These are the people that Paul said, I, I personally would rather go to hell instead of them go to hell. He loved them. He cared about them. He, he wanted them saved. But town after town, city after city, synagogue after synagogue, they rejected the Word of God. Over and over and over, they rejected the Word of God. So what we need to do is to we, sometimes we just have to change the scorecard. Uh, because there are times where we measure success or we have setbacks, and when we have a setback, we feel like a failure. We feel like, what, what have I done wrong, Lord? What, I mean, there's one setback after another. Lord, what's going on? I mean, what, what have I done? And it, it may not be anything you've done. But usually the first question we ask is what What have I done?" And you become you become self consumed, and and you begin to to uh, really be hard on yourself. Now, there there are times that we certainly need to be hard on ourselves, but there are other times where we have to realize there are things happening that we have nothing to do with. We have to evaluate how we have set up our scorecard. So I had lunch um, this last week. I I got to know Johnny Flakes in this battle about the um, Ordinance here in our town, and so we had lunch together this last week. We were talking, and as only two preachers can talk, and you know, we we were we you know we were just back and forth about ministry and 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 ministering to people, and and we we somehow kind of stumbled into this conversation about about we have we are not responsible for how people respond. We are responsible to be faithful to the Lord. To be gracious and kind and clear and compassionate. But how people receive that is not on us. And, and so we talked about how even in church. And he, he mentioned some places that he had preached. There and was, there was absolutely no response. And, and we both kind of uh, wept together in a kind of a conversation. We really didn't weep. But, but in that we commiserated together about how there were times that we put more importance on that than we should have. That that the really important thing is to please the Lord. And it may be that you you've put a scorecard on your life that's not healthy and you need to change it. What is your success based on? Is it is it how you feel, or is it based on your faithfulness to the Lord Jesus Christ? Because you could feel really good and not be very faithful to the Lord. And then, number three, there was there was overwhelming opportunities. You know, I told you a few minutes ago about how At the very first church I pastored, the church began to have a lot of young families join, and all these things were happening. We're all good. Then you got to figure out parking and all that kind of stuff. Then you got to have more Sunday school class, and then you have to make all of these changes. And then you have all these new people coming in, and all that's wonderful. But it's kind of like when you when you move, and you were really looking forward to moving, and you have that new house, and or that new job, that can be stressful. It's different, it's new, whether it's good or bad. Stress stress indicators are, things can happen good and it can create stress. And you can have a lot of good things happen in your life and you think, I don't know why I'm just feeling so overwhelmed right now. Maybe because of overwhelming opportunity or it could be opposition. One writer in Corinth, uh, by the way, Corinth was a city of about 700,000, so it was a metroplex and, and they were crazy about sports it was a. Does this not sound familiar? They, they idolized sports. That was their idol. They, they, had, they, had, they were filled with sexual perversion. There, there was a, a huge uh, temple on a hill, uh, Aphrodite. It was a temple of where a thousand prostitutes uh, were, and homosexual, homosexuality was rampant in the city. And here's what one writer of that day said about them. In Corinth, men worshipped the almighty dollar, drank deep of the fountain of pleasure, rocked in the chair of luxury, wallowed in the mire of vice, and lived for the things seen and temporal. Does that, does that not sound familiar? You know, we, we really haven't changed. We, that, that was 2,000 years ago. We, we really haven't changed, have we? Paul saw tremendous opportunity. He saw also tremendous op- opposition. And I love this passage in uh, Zechariah chapter 8, verse 6. Thus says the Lord of hosts, If it is too difficult in the sight of the remnant of this people in those days, will it also be too difficult for me? In my sight? You already know the answer to that, no. Things can overwhelm us, they never overwhelm the Lord. And we can be paralyzed, and we can, I tell you church, we've got to be careful about being polarized. Remember, the most important thing we can do is come together under the banner of Jesus and respect one another, demonstrate respect to other people. Here's here's what uh, here's what I, I want to get to. The now, what is the antidote? What how do you how do you have these experiences of being overwhelmed? But how do you keep from being overcome? Well, here you go. Here here it is. We'll read the passage and then we'll look at at three, at least three ways. The Lord said to Paul in a night, in the night by a vision. So this is God speaking to Paul. Do not be afraid. Impl- you know what that means. Paul was afraid. Paul was overwhelmed. And if you had been beaten as many times, stoned as many times, run out of cities as many times, Paul, you you, you knew what what a what a carnal, depraved city Corinth was. You, you'd probably be afraid too. Do not be afraid any longer. But go on speaking and do not be silent. For I am with you and no man will attack you in order to harm you. For I have many people in this city. And he settled there a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. So number one, number one. How do you you overcome being not overwhelmed but being overcome by being overwhelmed? Well, number one is you remember God is with you, his presence. I mean, there's, there's nothing more important than the presence of God. As a matter of fact, one of, I think, the greatest tragedy, one of the greatest tragedies of, of COVID is that, that people have, have been in hospital rooms or in somewhere by themselves suffering and even dying alone. I, I, I just don't know if there, I don't know if anything else, that could be worse than that. What we have to remember is that we are never, ever, ever alone. We are never alone. You can walk through the darkest valleys and that darkness even be oppressive. And never remember that God is with you. But always remember He is. Please remember He's with you. Regardless of what you walk through I think about John 14. The disciples were overwhelmed by the news that Jesus had given them. He's going to the cross. And he told them, I'm going to the cross. And for all these years they've been following him. They've seen him do incredible miracles. He was a Messiah. They knew he was. He'd walked on water. He'd raised the dead. He'd done incredible things. How how could he say he's dying? He's going to die. And they were overwhelmed. And Jesus said, let not, what? Let not your hearts be troubled. Don't don't be overcome. I understand you're overwhelmed, but don't be overcome. And he went on to say a little bit further in that passage. Here's what he said. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. You may be in such a dark valley right now that you can't see that there's any hope or any help or anyone that's walking with you, I want, to, I want you to know something. Those of you that are followers in Jesus Christ, Jesus walks with you. And here's what he said. He said this I am with you always. Always. That doesn't mean when you're doesn't mean when you are filled with faith. Or when you ask him to come, do you know he's already there whether you ask him or not? Praise God for that. Listen listen to this. Hebrews 13, 5. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever, ever forsake you. His presence. Paul, a great man of God, needed to be reminded. I'm I'm with you. Now, look at a second thing he needed to be reminded of. God's power and protection. He said, no man will will attack you in order to harm you. Now, that's an amazing... Listen, that is an amazing promise because, you see, uh, Paul had been attacked. He, he, as, a, as a matter of fact, when we look at this statement, we often in our humanity will ask a question like this. Listen to this question. Well, why didn't God do that in Lystra? That, that's where Paul was, on, was stoned to the point of death. And and why didn't he do that at Philippi where he was beaten with rods and thrown in prison? And and why didn't he do that in Thessalonica or Berea where they were coming after him? I mean, why didn't God prevent that? Why here at this time does God say, no one will harm you? When Paul looks back and he looks down at his arm and he sees that disfigured arm from the time he was beaten with rods and and his arm was broken or he, he continues to have headaches from the the, the rods that were hit over his head and knocked him out. And he continued to have these problems. And, and God says, I, hey, I, I'm going to be with you. You're, you're going to be okay. No one's going to attack you. Well, well Lord, why didn't you, do, why didn't you do that back then? Right? Now, i want to give you a verse, and this is a good verse for you to remember. I love this verse. One of the one of the great verses in the Bible that some people will never, ever abide by. Here it is. The secret things belong to the Lord, our God. Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord, our God. But the things revealed belong to us and to our sons forever, that we may observe all the words of the Lord. In other words, there are things that God reveals that He wants us to know, and there are things that, are, that we don't understand. Now, why don't we not understand them? Here's why. Because God said, my, ways are, my thoughts are not your thoughts and, and my ways are not your ways, declares the Lord. Praise God for that. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So God will use whatever happens to us to mold us as submissive followers of Jesus Christ as long as we respond with a willing heart. And you think about Job and Jeremiah and, and Joseph and all the people in the Old Testament that was written for our instruction. And you think about why things happened in their lives. Why, why did, what, what was it? What was, ultimately, here's what was going on. U- ultimately, can I give you why ultimately all these things happened? Well, so that the light and the glory of God could shine through them. Because where is the light the brightest? in the darkest. Friends, we live in a time that is dark. In Alaska, they call it dark winter because it's dark all the time. And We have a season right now. It's a season that we're, we're in a dark time. This, this is our opportunity to shine bright. Our vision is to light up the Chattahoochee Valley. With the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I will lose my voice. If I become political and polarized. polarized And and if if I slam people and I don't show grace. The secret things belong to the Lord. Listen to this. God who said light shall shine out of the darkness. Is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we had this treasure in earthen vessels. Now, how? What? You know we're called. You know what we're called in the New Testament. We're called clay pots, right? You know that, right? <laughs> so, if you got a light inside a clay pot, how do you get the light to shine through the clay pot? It's got to be broken. So God will allow things in our lives to circumstances of life. He doesn't cause them, but he can allow them so that we become humble because arrogance will never shine bright. Arrogance doesn't shine because arrogance is, a, a, is not a virtue of Christ-likeness, but humility and kindness and grace and gentleness shines bright. When it's dark. We are afflicted in every way. But not crushed. Perplexed but not despairing. Persecuted but not forsaken. I like this. Struck down. and I would change it to. But not struck out. You know yeah. Yeah you, you can get struck down. And here's what really Paul said, I'm afflicted in every way, I'm perplexed, I don't understand why these things are happening, I'm being bullied and and pressed down by an impossible weight. But we remember that He is with us and He will protect us in His sovereignty, in His time, in His ways. there's a question that's asked of the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, in the book of Isaiah, it's a great question We already know the answer to it. Can a woman forget her nursing child and have no compassion on the son of her womb? Yes. The answer to that is yes. That can happen. And it does happen. Even though these may forget, I'll never forget you. I will never forget. I'll never abandon you. I will never forsake you. Like that, like that, dad that abandoned you. When you say, "My Father, who art in heaven," and you think about that dad, no, he he will never leave you, or abandon you, or forsake you. Behold, I have inscribed you <laughs> on the palms of my hand. Amen for that. You know what? Even right now, the only one I believe that has scars in heaven is Jesus, because in his glorified body he had. You know, maybe martyrs do. Maybe I don't. I don't know. I don't. I, Maybe they do. But we know one thing. Jesus has scars in the palms of his hands. And in his side. That's what he said to the disciples. You want to feel feel the scar? He, He has inscribed you. On his hands. And then there's God's providence. What God you know, okay, all of us know this, but I'm going to remind you of it. God knows what you don't know. God knows what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't, you don't have a clue. You think you do. All of us think, well, you know, we can make plans for tomorrow, next week, next month. I think we ought to, but we really don't know what's going to happen. We don't even know if we're going to be here, right? So God said, listen, you may feel overwhelmed right now. You, I want you to know something. I have people in this city. They don't even know that they're mine yet. That I'm going to call to me. Because you're going to be faithful to me. And as you're faithful to me. Uh, now listen. You know, Paul could have gone to Corinth and he could have seen the gross immorality, the rejection of the people, the stern faces, the mocking. And he could have gotten discouraged and he could have thrown his hands up and says, well, I, I can't see God doing anything here, right? 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 he could have done that. And so <clears throat> God was saying, God was saying to Paul, listen. I'm at work in ways you can't see. Don't give up. Maybe you're praying for a family member or a friend to be saved, this lost. Now Paul didn't know who was going to be saved. He he didn't know about God's hand being on people there in that city that, that did get saved, Gaius and Achaeus and oh, there's several others, even the, even the city treasurer got saved, Erastus, and the others. He said, I, I, I'm on the throne, don't forget I'm on the throne. And I I, I don't know where I got this saying from, but I'm going to share it with you because when we start talking about God's providence, we can sometimes get really, you know, really lost. Here it is. Listen to this statement. (laughs) I, I don't understand how a brown cow can eat green grass and give white milk and yellow butter. But I love butter, and I drink milk. I don't have to understand it. And you don't have to understand it. That's what faith is. So when we get discouraged and down and pressed, will we give ourselves permission to sleep? Will we change our scorecard and identify God's way of success? Will, will we, If we're being overwhelmed, and it's not because necessarily bad things, it could be. Wonderful opportunities. Will we spend time alone with the Lord? Who loves us. Get in His presence and be still and know that He is God. That He is able to protect us. And there are times, yes, He will allow us to be persecuted. He will allow people to be martyred. Will I trust Him in that time? So here's what I want to do. I want, us to, I want the invitation to be very clear. If you are looking to come to know this God that loves you, that will never leave you or forsake you, you want to have a conversation with us about that. In, in just a moment, we're going, to, we're going to sing or we're going to have some music. And I want you to leave from wherever you're standing. Come forward and say, I want to know him. Talk to one of us. Or after church, one of our next step stations. Or you need to be baptized or this is where God's leading you to join. You come and do that. But really, I, I, I want to speak to those of you that feel overwhelmed in your heart. Would you humble yourselves today and just come and kneel at this altar and say, Lord, I, 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 wanna, I, I, need, I need to remind myself of your presence and your promises and, and your power and your providence. And Lord, I, I come before you and humble myself and I ask you to encourage my heart. And we'll be glad to pray with you if you want us to come and pray with you. You feel free to do that. Father in heaven, we are so grateful for your love. Now, as as we respond, Lord, uh, both outwardly and inwardly, uh, but certainly we're never going to respond outwardly until we respond inwardly to you. In submissiveness, I pray that God, uh, you would work by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand our feet.
1: Would you come right now? Come on. I hear the Savior say my strength. The crimson stain he washed in white as snow Lord now indeed I find thy power and thine alone can change the leper spots and melt the heart of stone Jesus paid blood of calvary's land jesus paid it all all to him i owe sin had left a crimson stain he Jesus died my soul to save, my lips shall still repeat. Jesus paid it all, all to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, He washed it white as snow. All right, uh, for those of you that would like
0: to stop by one of our Next Step stations, Jonathan Norton will be in the lobby right through these uh, double doors uh, right here in the lobby. So stop by and see him or come and see me. I'm standing right here. I'll stay right here so you can come by and, and have a conversation. I'd love to meet you, especially our guest. And uh, as a matter of fact, we have a gift we would love to give you for those of you that are our guests, first-time guests. So uh, please come by and see us. So Let's bow together. Father in heaven, we're so grateful for your love and your kindness, your presence. That you never leave us or forsake us for your hand upon us. And Lord, in the days in which we live, where there's just uh, almost like an oppressiveness of darkness that has not just come over this country, but it seems like the whole world. There's no better time for us as believers than to shine bright. It begins right here in this valley that we live in. As we demonstrate in every area of life, a kindness and graciousness, a gentleness, a truthfulness and of compassion as we speak the truth in love and as we, as we give people room and give people the benefit of the doubt. Help us, God, to be those kind of folks. Bless now as we go to our Sunday school classes and thank you for that, that time of fellowship and Bible study and prayer and the ministry of our small groups. And we pray, Father, That your hand, your hand, your spirit will shine bright through us. In Jesus' name, amen.